Well, hi everyone and welcome to episode 68 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm Dan Jackson and today I am talking to Cassie Stevens all about how uh, art can help our students become lifelong learners. Thank you so much for joining me, Cassie. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Cassie, can you just uh, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? I know your listeners will know who you are, but uh, can you just tell, tell mine who you are other than the fact that you teach art? <laughs> Sure. Um, my name is Cassie, and I live in the Nashville, Tennessee area. That's kind of what's considered the South here in the States. Um, and I've taught in Music City is what Nashville is known for. I've taught in that area for about 22 years, going into my 22nd year of teaching. Um, and I've only ever taught elementary age children, um, kindergarten through fourth grade art. My, I'm at my second school. My first school I taught in Nashville for five years, and now I've been at the school ever since. Um, and I have about well, normally I would have about three to 400 students. Right now I have um, about that much, but some of them are, of course, virtual. And then most of them are in-house students. And I absolutely love it. We have a really great time. I have a very kind of crazy schedule. I have 30-minute art classes, which I think is kind of unusual for most. Most um, art teachers have the luxury of an hour. I don't have the luxury of time, but what that has made me is really much better with my time. So we're really good at cramming in as much as we can in that 30 minute time frame. So, and yeah, that's just a, a little bit about me and where I teach and what I teach. Awesome. And of course you obviously also have, you know, lots of other things that you've got going on. You've got a blog, you've got your own podcast channel, you've got a YouTube channel uh, and you've written a couple of books as well. Uh, and there'll be links to that all in the show notes at teacherspd.net slash 50. Well, did I say 57? Is that correct? I think it's 58 you said. 58, I don't know. 58, yeah, that's right. Good, 58. 58 is correct. 58 is definitely correct. <laughs> uh, my problem is uh, 57 came out like yesterday. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, so slash 58. <clears throat> so can you tell me then how did you get to this point? How did, you know, how did you get to this point in your career? Life, in my life. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I went to, when I went to college, I had a, a I had an interest in art. Um, I'd always enjoyed creating and that kind of thing, but I never had art in elementary school. So I never really thought of it as a career choice. But when I was in college, I took a couple of painting classes and I absolutely fell in love with oil painting. And I decided that I was going to get a degree in painting, which Little did I know that, I mean, unless you're like the angels are smiling down upon you, a degree in painting is essentially a degree in like waiting tables, right? Which my parents knew. And they said, you know, look, we're not going to be funding you to go to school to be a painter. Uh, we're happy that you love it, but it's just not going to be something that we can do. So we kind of came to an agreement that if I got an education degree, in art that I could also pursue this painting passion of mine. And I loved painting so much, I would have, you know, signed on for just about anything. So I graduated with a degree in art education and painting. I didn't have any plans um, to teach, but I did my student teaching in Ireland, which was a lot of fun. And I came back 
home from that experience, the year was 1998, which, you know, it's so weird for people like us to think about that some listeners out there probably weren't even born at that point. That just yeah, always yeah, blows my yeah. mind. Even kids who have graduated school weren't born yet at that point. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So um, when I came back, I really still didn't have any intention on teaching but I did want to, you know, eat and have an apartment and things of my own. So the first um, teaching job that popped up was in Nashville, which is about six hours south of where I grew up. And I decided to just kind of go for it. And when I started teaching, I suddenly realized that, oh my, oh my goodness, I am like in charge of the art education of all of these small humans. And this is a pretty tall order. And this is something I have to take really seriously. So I got real serious about teaching. I dressed very professionally. I spent all of my time focused on reading every book that I could, making visuals, just working nonstop. I would work through summers. I got a little bit obsessed with it. And in that kind of process, what I let go of were my own creative pursuits. I kind of threw that whole painting degree out the window. I stopped painting entirely and creating, thinking I now have this job where I have to have serious focus and I don't have time for these other creative outlets. And what that did, my mind was, is that this is going to make me the best teacher that I can be. But what it did was it made me a very bitter teacher because I had really neglected all of my things that I was interested in. I'm teaching these kids how to be creative, but I'm not spending any time of my own being creative. And what I realized eventually was is that for a creative person, and I think all teachers are creative people, um, that we just kind of pursue it in different ways. Um, what I realized was if I wasn't pursuing my creative outlet, it was kind of like I was experiencing a deficiency. You know, I liken it to taking vitamins. We take vitamins so that we, you know, anything that are, is deficient in our diet, we can actually get. But when I wasn't pursuing any creative outlets, I was experiencing like a serious creative deficiency and it was showing up in my teaching. I was cranky. I was uninspired. I was just frustrated. And it wasn't until I realized oh gosh, I am telling my students, you know, you need to be creative outside of the classroom too, but I wasn't doing that myself. So when I started carving out time of my own to, you know, pursue my creative passions, I was a lot more of a happy teacher. So that's kind of where I am now. I spend my weekends a lot of times sewing outfits or painting things that I'll hang in my art room or Really, just anything that I feel like doing or creating, I make sure to carve out time to do it. Even if I think I don't have time, I have to remind myself, this is what's going to make me a better teacher. It doesn't directly affect my teaching in that it's not necessarily something for my room, but it affects my mindset and my way that I approach teaching, and that's going to make a world of a difference. You know, a happy person makes for a happy teacher. So yep. it's important that we, can't, we don't forget those things. Uh, and so what you're wearing today, is that something that you made yourself? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> can you show me? Can I have a look? <laughs> sure. There you go. So I love um, to sew. I've always loved vintage clothing. So, um, and I'm not a good seamstress at all. It's just, you know. Oh, I, it I, looks I, like you've done a great job. <laughs> well, that's because you're, I'm, I'm on a little bitty screen, but, um, you know, it just goes to show, I started sewing when I was 30 and it was just something I thought, you know what, I want to do this and age doesn't matter. 
you know, Grandma Moses was like 80 or something when she picked up a paintbrush for the first time and she just went for it. So why can't we do that? You know, so yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So um, obviously you teach art. How do we, how do you see art helping your students to then become lifelong learners? How, how do you see that happening in your classroom? Well, I think that one of the things that I always want my students to know and feel when they come into my room is that art is fun. It's like a creative experience because I feel like the way that we create a lifelong learner is by a hook. And that hook for everybody is a little bit different, but the hook that I often like to use is humor and fun. I always think to myself, silly sticks. So if I can make things silly in here, it'll stick with them. They'll remember it. And if they have a positive experience with creating, then when they go home, then and, and they start to think, what could I do? Oh, I enjoy creating. I have so much fun when I go to art class. Why can't I do that now? You know, if you can really give them a warm fuzzy when they're in your space, then they're going to carry that along with them. I mean, even I'm sitting underneath my giant television where I do a lot of demonstrations and just even to get their eyes on the TV, I've hot glued like giant googly eyes and we've named him Stevie the TV and one of his eyes fell off. So now he's Stevie the one-eyed TV and they pay close attention now because it's silly and silly sticks and it's those things that they cherish and love and it makes them want to keep coming back and learn more and, you know, like I said, be in this space and hopefully create outside of this space too. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to agree. Things like making learning fun and silly and that kind of stuff, I think people underestimate the impact that it has because we actually know that one of the biggest negative impacts on learning is boredom. And so having those boring classrooms where the kids don't want to be there, et cetera, actually is turning kids off learning. Whereas if you are making the learning fun and engaging and silly, that's, uh, <laughs> then the kids, yeah, that they dive in. They love it. They, it makes them actually go, oh, this is actually fun and I'm learning. And therefore they can see themselves doing that in the future. And for kids, yeah, like you said, it's different. Each, you know, some kid might decide that science is fun. Some kids might decide um, that reading is fun. And that's all great. But it's about actually finding something that really ticks, clicks with them and, and engages them in what they're doing. I think that's fantastic. Uh, and obviously you're doing a lot of things to try and really engage your class. Uh, I've seen yeah, your Instagram is fantastic. This is cool. Like, I like just watching it because it's fun. It's, en it's so engaging. Um, so can you then help us? So I'm not an art teacher. How am I meant to try and use art or use, you know, how, how do I make things more fun for my kids? How do I, how do I connect art into it so that I can help them to become lifelong learners? So if I, I'm going into, you know, I've, personally I teach you 11 and 12. So how do I get it into with those kids who have gone through a system that's kind of turned them off? They come and they sit in the class, they're a bit turned, don't want to be there. How do I get them up and engaged or, uh, you know, being silly again or, uh, and whether I use art for that or whatever? What, what ideas do you have that I could use this week? Well, I think it's really important for kids to see us especially those older kids, I think it's important for them to see us being silly and us just embracing who we are. And I know for some people, you know, that's not for everybody. And so I think what is really important is just figuring out your passions, your interests, 
and then bringing that into your classroom. You know, like maybe your passion is pl plants or roller skating or, you know, just hula hooping. Who knows what it could be? But if you stop and think, you know, I really enjoy, for me, sewing. So knowing that, and I always got a lot of questions from my students about my clothing and where did you get it and how do you make it? Because those things are just something that they couldn't comprehend. I brought sewing into my classroom and it's because it's my passion, I teach it with passion and then they're excited to learn. So bringing what you absolutely love in, even if it feels completely unrelated, you know, like, I don't know, basket weaving doesn't really seem like it might correlate with a math lesson or does it? I mean, is there a way where you could use that passion, whatever it is to teach your lesson? And they're going to see, oh my goodness, as an adult, this person loves something more than just, you know, staring at their phone or, you know, just <laughs> whatever they think, what boring things they think we adults are into. Why not show that other side of who you are? Because I think that what you might find is you'll teach with passion and then you're going to use that hook to grab and bring in other students. And if you don't feel comfortable with art or with creating, I think that's really even more of the reason to bring that into your lessons because then the kids can see you, quote, fail, you know, and you yeah. get up and try it again. And look, this is outside of my comfort zone too, but here I am. I'm an adult. I'm willing to embarrass myself in front of you and I'm going for it. And when they see that we kind of approach education and learning fearlessly, then that kind of opens the door for them to do the same. So I think, you know, embracing your passions, doing what's a little bit different and kind of scares you, all of those things are big lessons for our students to see us do. It's more than just teaching from a book. They're watching us all the time, no matter what age they are, no matter if we think that they think they're too cool to do it they're still learning from us and from our actions and how we approach, you know, making mistakes, learning, trying new things and sharing what we love fearlessly and unapologetically. Beautiful. I love that. I love the fact that you've told teachers to just basically share who they are because yeah. Yeah, it's part of our passions and bringing those in and also to try new things, particularly with creative arts and let the students see you fail and know that, you know, even as adults learning continues and, that whole demonstration of failing is okay. Like I often try and make sure that, you know, I purposely try and do things in front of my students so that they see me stuff up. Uh, so that I can go, oh, you know, do you know what? I do stuff up. It's fine. It's life. Uh, and it helps to set that culture in your classroom too, where, where failure is actually okay. Because often in systems, it's particularly in academic systems, it's just seen as I don't know, you can't, you can't fail. You can't fail at math. Like it's that you have to get it right. Whereas, Failing is actually part of the process. You, know, you don't work out maths the first time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Cassie, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, can you tell people where they can quickly find you? Oh, sure. I'm kind of all over the place and I'm kind of easy to find. Um, it's Cassie Stevens with the PH and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, my blog, YouTube, um, TikTok, and um, I think that's it. I think I listened to all podcasts. I don't know. Just about yeah. any place, yeah. I love to overshare, obviously. And so, everything's yeah. Cassie Stevens, isn't it? It's all... Yes, it is. Yeah, yep. beautiful. Yep. And I'll share links, obviously, from the show notes to all of your stuff as well. 
Thank you so much for coming on. And if you guys have enjoyed listening to Cassie, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button on the podcast. Please leave a review of the podcast as well. Oh, your power just went out. <laughs> we have motion sensor lights in my room. This happens to me all day long. Look, they're not going to go back on. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. Um, and if you want to come and join the Effective Teaching Podcast community, we actually have a community on Facebook and you can follow me as well on Instagram at Dan Jackson TPD. Now, I actually will put this up on Instagram for everyone to watch the video. It gets chucked into the Facebook group. It goes on YouTube. And of course, it's on the web page with the show notes. So come and check it all out. Meet Cassie. Check out her beautiful dress that she made herself. And obviously follow her too because she's got some awesome stuff going on on all those platforms. She's doing a great job. So thank you again, Cassie. Thank you. It was so much fun. I appreciate it.